What's up, guys? Welcome to the Zenfluence Podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with an extraordinary, exceptional individual. We're, we're sitting down with Matt Kelly. Um, this is someone who I really look up to in terms of like the creative on entrepreneurship space and actually wouldn't have started a brand without him. So um, yeah, I really want to jump into his story because he's someone who's been through a lot of trials and um, when it comes to e-com, when it comes to mindset, when, when it comes to creativity and just life in general. So uh, mm. I guess maybe maybe I'll pass this over to you, man. Like, how would you explain who you are to the average person who meets you, let's say, on the street in London? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll definitely take your your complimentary in, intro, the pinch of salt, because mm. I do not feel very exceptional or whatever, but, but um, I'll definitely take it. Um, I suppose I am, um, I've always been an I'm a creative e-com entrepreneur and I think um, I've, I'm probably one of the more transparent people in the space because obviously I started mm-hmm. my own pod like a year and a half ago, started putting stuff out. I now do this weekly series documenting the process of building my, my newest venture. Um, I guess I've done a lot of stuff over the years since I was like pretty much full-time entrepreneur since I was like 21. I'm now 27, so I feel very old and a lot more wise than I used to be. And I think I've probably ha- documented maybe more of the ups and particularly downs than a lot of people have. Um, and I also think I've had some pretty wild up and downs for my age. And it's definitely not normal or like a typical level of like, I don't know, um, I guess experience for my age and a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I- I've always stuck in the e-com space. I guess, unlike some of my friends that are probably further ahead of me, I feel like I haven't stuck at one thing for like five plus years yet. And I haven't because... You know, I had, had, had the jewelry brand, had a, a bunch of stuff before that. Obviously, I had the neon brand. Now I'm building a mushroom brand. But like I was saying to you before we start recording, I feel like I finally found my kind of style and the shit I could actually work on a bit longer. So some people find that when they're 19. I, I definitely didn't. Um, I knew I wanted to be in the e-com space. I knew I wanted to be creative and build shit. But I've also just come at it from a creative first viewpoint. That's at least always how I felt. Even though looking back at the stuff I did when I was younger, I kind of laugh at it now because it just, I mean, obviously it proves I've got better. But yeah, I'm, I'm very much creative first. Like I actually don't really enjoy a lot of running an e-com business, but you just kind of obviously have to have to get good at that to an extent. Mm-hmm. But where I'm excited by is like, product development or the aesthetics the you know making movies and so on which I'm literally, I'm literally doing with the new brand in particular wow. I like doing the pod because I like speaking to people and drinking red wine and hopefully just going deep on shit but yeah I guess I'm just a, a creative first e-com entrepreneur that, that's done a lot of shit um and I guess I've probably been been in the game maybe a, a fair bit longer than a lot of people that kind of put content out because I mean, particularly now with like money, Twitter and so on. I don't know how much you're on Twitter, but I, f- I found there's a lot of people that come into the space that have literally been running a business for five months and they're kind of pitching this authority figure angle. And I'm kind of the opposite. I've actually been doing it quite a while, like six years, nearly full time. And I still feel like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm just documenting it. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously do know what I'm doing to an extent. I've certainly got a lot more experience than I used to do, but I still very much feel like a beginner. Um and I guess my personal brand, which has never really been a brand, that's the thing. It's just been me. Um, and I try and just keep it very real and, you know, keep it authentic because I think there's a lot of fluff out there in the space in terms of people making content and so on. Um, but yeah, I'm just, 
I'm definitely not perfect or certainly certainly not the best in this space. Um, there's a lot of people doing much bigger things than me, but I guess I'm just trying to do it my way. And I certainly think, particularly with my new, my new brand, it's very unique. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think I'm, I'm proud of that part of it. Um, I've always kept it my style, I suppose, even with like the pod and so on. I'm just obsessed with the whole pink aesthetic and that whole utopian look and feel. So... Yo, yeah. I think something that just really stands out to me, like even when, when I first like found the Midnight Pod, is two things. Number one, <clears throat> like your your level of persistence and how you almost went through like a phoenix transformation, like from yeah. losing me on beach, losing uh your your other brand, and then just starting from scratch and just like coming back from the ashes, like that 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 is amazing. And then uh, the second thing is. Just like the way you evolved as a person, like even like in the last, like I've been watching you build space goods and uh, man, it's just extraordinary. So I guess like for anyone who doesn't know, like could could you talk about that story? Cause like I relate to that, like around that time, you know, I lost a job, you know, lost a girl Mm. that I kind of fell in love with all this. And and this, this kind of sucks. And, uh, and yeah, just hearing your story was very relatable to me where like, yeah, I feel like you kind of went through the same thing but you know, yeah. you're doing it on a whole nother level right and um yeah i'm curious like just to hear that like if you talk about that like transformation that story yeah i guess um probably spoke about this a few times but i'll try and in a nutshell i mean yeah like pretty much from when i like dropped out of uni when i was like 21 until about the age of 25 i felt like i was on this constant upward trajectory and you know, looking back, I was definitely kind of young and naive in many ways. Um, but I, I guess I like had everything in terms of like, was traveling the world, like bought my dream car, all this shit, I was living in a sick place. Mm-hmm. Not to say I'd like made it to like fucking, you know, 100 million pound level or, or whatever it is. But like, I definitely w- was living the dream, I guess, in hindsight, obviously working very hard, entirely self-made, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, I had the two brands, long story short, in 2020, um, basically scaled my neon business way too quick. Um, a supplier went bankrupt on me. Very quickly went from, like, making all this money, thinking I was fucking, like, set for life, to <laughs> that business basically <clears throat> going bankrupt and having to get bailed out by an investor. Um, it then, yeah, I then ended up breaking up my girlfriend around a similar time, felt like I just hit completely rock bottom for like six months. This is like early 2021. So quite a while ago now. Um, and then basically, yeah, had to fix that situation, worked with these investors, sold the remainder of my equity in that setup. I mean, I was never passionate about the jewelry brand anyway, but that got swallowed in this shit situation because of the way I'd structured the business, which I've said on my own pod and so on. Um, probably still have PTSD from a lot of that to a large extent. Um, but then also I think because I had a bit of a following, like I wasn't really putting content out, but I think people saw the highlight reel of my life, which is obviously Instagram. And I wasn't on Twitter back then. I wasn't putting this sort of content out and I pretty much decided, which is probably the opposite to what most people would do. I was like, well, instead of disappearing and fucking like, even if I'd gone and started another thing, which I would have done, I decided let's put a first podcast out speaking about what the fuck actually happened because I wanted to like tell my side of the story because there's a lot of rumors in this sort of space. I was this guy mm-hmm. for all or whatever, which obviously wasn't the case. Um, 
and then put that out was really nervous put that out and then realized actually like so many people could maybe not relate because it hadn't happened to them but certainly could relate in the sense that not everything goes right all the time I was probably one of those people that made people think that they weren't very successful because I was the guy posting the fucking Ferrari and shit when I was 24 years old which also like I it's just I was probably a bit you know flash when I was younger maybe um I don't know if I'd be posting that sort of shit even now even if I still had that car but I guess like yeah a, a bit of a classic story of like kind of yeah I like peak I felt like everything was going perfect had this mm -hmm. major crash and I think a lot of people have similar situations in different contexts but the nature of social media is no one fucking speaks about it so I was like certainly the first time I'd seen anyone like of my age in this sort of space come out and speak about it particularly because most of the stuff on YouTube is you know how I made 10 million quid in a month and how my life is fucking perfect and how you can be like me if you buy my course and all this shit um so yeah then I, I put the podcast out and then I quite literally when I put that pod out was when I went back to the drawing board and I was like a clean slate I didn't like lose every penny I ever had or anything but it was like a, a bit of a change because I wasn't working on the two brands that I'd built up over the past few years and, and bear in mind like a lot of the money I'd put into those brands was because of stuff I'd done before like the small clothing brand I had like drop shipping stores etc and it, I guess it all like culminated in 2020 where I did like 12 million in revenue but ultimately the business ended up making no money and fucking having to get bailed out because of what happened and that's a pretty rough experience to go through at age 25 but I, I don't think I know of anyone that's gone through that to, to that extent anyway um certainly not at, at that scale i suppose um and then yeah like i pretty much documented the whole process of well i have documented the whole process of me quite literally going from i don't know what the fuck i'm doing next to launching this new brand and now thinking that this is actually way more interesting and exciting to me than any of the stuff i did previously anyway mm -hmm. um so yeah, it's going to be quite a good story in five years time, I hope. And that's kind of why I'm documenting a lot of it because I have the pod, which is mainly obviously speaking to other people with kind of my own context involved in a lot of it. But then I have the documenting series, which I don't know if it's been done before. Maybe it has, but I hadn't seen anyone do it like this openly before. Um, and I guess I'm just doing it for my own reference because I, I wish when I was younger, I documented more of the earlier stuff bits of which I did like traveling and so on but but never like business stuff as such and I just think it'll be fascinating in like 10 years time if I actually make a video every week from now until whatever happens um it also puts a lot of public accountability on myself which I think I work well with there's definitely a lot of pressure you know a lot of people might say well why would you document that because if it goes wrong which it still can doesn't mean everything's going to go perfectly just because I'm putting it on YouTube Mm -hmm. then you know how would i deal with it if i if it wasn't going well or whatever but i'm just like fuck it let's just document everything i think it is an interesting process to do um for myself i would I would do it if no one watched it but there's quite a few people that watch it now weirdly um this little niche corner of the internet um so yeah i guess it's it's, it's quite a quite a unique story i think the one thing that no one can argue with is i'm probably one of the more transparent people in this space certainly because my first bit of content was just me talking about my big fuck up and that's kind of the opposite to what everyone else does but then mm. it's not like I'm just moping in my fucking you know oh this failed whatever I'm obviously publicly documenting like the bounce back from that I suppose um 
And yeah, I, I look back at early videos, even videos with like Iman, which is like annoyingly my most viewed video by far because I look like a different person because I was like two stone heavier. I wasn't really going to the gym as much. I was in like the fucking dumps. I even dressed differently. So yeah, I suppose this process of rebuilding has been like business wise, but also I think I've built a better mind. I mean, there's still a million struggles that I'm going through all the time as as is anyone trying to build anything. Mm-hmm. but yeah i think i just got past the whole giving a fuck what people think and now i just put everything out there because i really at the end of the day like if you're just going to be yourself no one can like catch you out anyway because i'm not putting on an act it's just this is what's going on um so yeah I, I guess i've just been building in public and some people like it i'm sure some people will fucking hate me but oh well i really don't care so yeah, yeah that's kind of where we're at fascinating that is like what what separates because <clears throat> like let's say we go back this is right when you lose neon beach you lost mid the midnight um city um what separates someone who bounces back like you and someone who doesn't because i feel like in that situation i don't think a lot of people could have came out of that no honestly i mean like, i read some quote the other day and i'm like maybe i think it's true because it's what happened to me, but I feel like you almost can't call yourself like a true entrepreneur until you have a major fuck up and bounce back from it. Maybe that's just me indulging in the fact it happened to me and I don't know anyone else it's happened to. And there's a bit of a chip on my shoulder, but it's like, if I can do it again, that's better than you doing it just once. So maybe there's that, but um, yeah, I, I mean, most people said to me, I, I don't think they, like even my own mates have said, I don't think said that they don't think they could have handled that. I mean, I, I nearly didn't handle it to be honest, but I didn't really have any other option. So mm. it was very, very, very rough, probably more than I've explained on the podcast or whatever. Um, but yeah, I just think like, th this is what I do. I've never done anything else. I was obviously going to build the next thing and bounce back. I think it was just, it's a bit different when you do it, when you've been knocked down so much, but I, I kind of like the whole like sports analysis where it's like, I don't know, I, I relate to, like I used to be big into rowing. I spent years doing that. I mean, that was kind of my obsession pre-entrepreneurship. And now I'm big into running as people probably know on like Twitter and so on. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I, I just, I just think I have a, I think I'm just very driven and I'm, I'm willing to, willing to suffer to get somewhere. Um, and yeah, I, I just, really wanted to do the next thing so it takes a lot of fucking work and it's been a constant grind for the past year pretty much since i started well a bit over a year now since i started working on this thing like nine months since i launched it and now i guess i'm back in a similar position to before kind of um obviously different brand different world two and a half years later or whatever but yeah it's it's definitely i think it's a uh, stronger position to be in having had a major fuck up like that and then built back again rather than just previously where i maybe thought i was invincible mm -hmm. absolutely so. and it's yeah and, and this, this is epic and you're sharing the bounce back like you're actually sharing the bounce back and i think that that's what i found fascinating because like you documenting the journey putting out these episodes it's creating new entrepreneurs like i'm an example of that like with seasons and mm. uh and, and yeah, man, I think even coming back to your drive, like wh where do you get that from? Like, is it, wh what like motivates you to do what you do? Because I feel like it's, 
even like the success you have at your age, like where does that come? I feel like that's very odd in a sense. But I guess like maybe in your circle, it's normal because like, I guess everyone's at that level. Um, yeah. I mean, I've definitely surrounded myself with a lot of people that make me feel very unsuccessful, which is probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, but I guess it is still, yeah, statistically unusual or whatever. But I think firstly, I've always just, but like the core of it is I've always just, even since I was like 10 years old, like wanted to like make stuff and I don't know, never related to a normal life, inverted commas, whatever you want to call it. Like I just couldn't fathom ever not creating something for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And going back to like school, I would make, I had a fucking clothing brand and everyone took the piss out of me because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, but I knew that I wanted to make stuff. Do you know what I mean? So then you get better at it because you spend years and years and years and years doing it. Um, I only now feel like I kind of know what I'm doing, building like a new brand and so on. I still have a lot to learn, but yeah, so so, so there's that. And, and I suppose I've always just wanted to, I've always liked the challenge of just trying to be the best at something. Like when I was younger, it was rowing and I got obsessed with that and, you know, learned the value of like hard work and so on. And, and I guess recently I kind of applied that physically to like running where I kind of became obsessed with that outside of business. Mm-hmm um and yeah i'm probably just driven by a chip on my shoulder as well to be honest like i just want to prove to people i'm definitely driven more by negativity than positivity which probably isn't a very nice thing but it's just the truth like even as even as much as i want to prove to my ex-girlfriend like even though it's me that ended that but like i don't know I, I, i turn everything into this dramatic like cinematic experience in my head which is probably why I like making like the movies for the new brand and stuff. Um, yeah, I just feel like I have a point to prove to myself and other people maybe. Um, but ultimately like the, the nicer angle on it is I just like, I like making shit and I couldn't fathom ever doing anything else. Mm-hmm. And I probably have way too many ideas. Like my problem is I have so many ideas. I've often found it hard to stick with one, um, which is probably still the case, but maybe as I've got a bit older, it's become, I've become slightly more logical in my approach to like, I can't launch two brands again. We're not doing that. That doesn't work for me. I learned from that. So, yeah. So I guess with your new brand space goods, um, why did you choose that space in, I know it's in the the mushroom space. Um, Yeah. And and like, I remember I watched this documentary. I think it was uh, fantastic fun guy. They're talking about mushrooms, like a sign of regeneration and regrowth. And uh, mm. yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because like going through that dip. Yeah, it's very poetic, isn't it? It seems to be mm. very like serendipitous is probably the word. Because yeah, looking back now, it, it, in hindsight, it looks like, ah, oh, that was obviously meant to happen. But I guess at the time when I went back to the drawing board, I suppose I always had, I always had ideas. I've always got loads of ideas, probably got like a Google Drive folder full of like 20 different brand ideas. But this one just felt like I literally almost like woke up one day and was like, I need to build a mushroom brand because I, I've been interested in psychedelics and microdosing and psilocybin broadly anyway. And obviously that's not where I'm at yet because mm-hmm. you know, that's like my long-term vision for this is like to be a DT psilocybin brand. I think, I think the whole world would be better off if that shit was legal. Um, and, and there's a lot of movement happening there in terms of that happening over time. But then, also just like nootropics and broadly like supplements. I, I used to take a lot of this shit myself and I just classic case of just looked at the market and was like, everything's shit in, in, in the mushroom segment, in my opinion. 
So why don't I just make my own thing? Um, and then, yeah, I've always been obsessed with like the whole 80s aesthetic, kind of used it in little bits with my jewelry brand before, obviously used it a lot with the neon stuff. But then I felt like this brand fit even better with that whole vibe. And then everything else out on the market, you know, brown, black, boring, gray, vanilla packaging, whatever, and just brands like visually. And I obviously just went the exact opposite to that. So I did all the branding, product, website stuff myself because I'm all pretty good at that now, I suppose. Um, which I definitely think is a competitive advantage because I think a lot of entrepreneurs, like the other type of entrepreneurs, where they're maybe like, I don't know, the fucking trained lawyers or accountants, whatever, that start businesses and then, then they get stuck because they can't do the zero to one bit because mm -hmm. that's like the, the most creative part. But that's what I'm best at, zero to one. I probably need to get better at the one to 10 and a hundred to 10 to a hundred or whatever. But yeah. So, you know, um, I guess, yeah, I had like broad ideas around mushrooms and I looked at the market and kind of reverse engineered what, what I wanted to do. I wanted, I wanted to do a consumable product. That was a conscious decision because I wanted like a subscription focus and so on. I wanted to do something with big margins, like similar to jewelry, but slightly different. And I wanted to do something that I thought could potentially be like a billion pound business because I thought, well, I'm probably, I, I really would like to start a brand that is the last brand I ever start, or at least the last like e-com brand as a founder, which mm -hmm. it might not be, but I think there's scope for it to be. Um, and I've probably like played, I've, I've made this such a fuss about it on like my whole YouTube and Twitter and so on that I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself by saying that, but yeah, I just think it's a very exciting space. And I think um, it's a, it aligns with me perfectly. Like there's a Japanese term, which is like ikigai or something. And it's like the alignment of a market opportunity, passion and ability. And I feel like this fits perfectly for me because I'm customer number one. There's a massive opportunity in the mushroom space, I think. Um, I think the timing is perfect, arguably. You know, it's been proven. It's been a proven concept in like America with some brands, but it's, le it's less so over in the UK and EU. Um, and I, I just think timing-wise as well, like uh, ultimately, it's a wellness brand. It's a mental wellness brand ultimately. And like my mental health was at like an all-time fucking low after what happened before. And I guess you could say I was like building products for myself. Um, and I and I guess I have been. So yeah, it's it's very like mission-driven as well because. I want to do something that I actually feel like benefits people's lives, even in a small way. And I feel like this does, um, I, you know, like I, I don't know how like these Forex gurus that were big a few years ago, like I don't know how they sleep with themselves. You know, I don't know how they go to bed at night because they're obviously not all the same, but you can make loads of money, but I think how you make it is also very important, if not more important. Yeah. I, so I, I would like, I would like to think <clears throat> this is a good vehicle to be in. So, yeah. Yeah, like I, I totally agree with that. I think because um, like even even back when I was working at Clearco, um, on the other end of this, like like I, I would meet a lot of different ecom entrepreneurs, a lot of different SaaS entrepreneurs, mm. and uh, the one thing I noticed is <clears throat> I met I remember I met this SaaS entrepreneur in New York, happiest guy ever, right? He was making like I think three million a year, but he he loved his branding. He was like King Crew, and it was like that brand like fit his personality. And then mm. I met this guy. He was like selling humidifiers. He's making 20 million a year. I think he was in like somewhere close to Seattle. And he just he just seemed like he didn't care about the business at all. He was so detached. He didn't even want to do it. It was almost like him making the money was making him unhappy. And yeah. 
And I think um, what I see with you is, and this is this is kind of what I aspire to. Like I, I haven't really made any money at, at all, but um, I, I want to do something creatively that matches like me as an individual and match that with business. And I think that that's almost like a struggle. I feel like we're we're facing in the modern world of yeah of of the, we just see like maybe it's like understanding ourselves to some degree understanding ourselves so then we figure out like what we can do in the world and what we can um like yeah create in the world right and i guess the question that i want to ask you because i feel like you, you to some degree like actually you definitely have this a lot like more than other people i've ever seen on online but like i feel like you understand yourself really deeply um <clears throat> yeah i think i think i do now yeah because i've been trying things and like playing with things and getting things wrong for like since I was like 16 probably do you know what I mean when I started like selling shit on eBay or whatever um so just been doing it a while and like you keep swinging and learning things and yeah particularly when things go wrong I think I also think like realizing what you don't like doing is very important I'm, I'm still figuring out a lot of my life trust me I don't know what the fuck I'm doing like Sometimes I'm like, oh, do I do I even want to live in London? Do I want to like go and become a nomad again and live in Bali and do that whole thing? Then other times I think, oh no, I want an office with twenty people, and I want to fucking settle down with some nice girl or whatever. And then mm -hmm. that goes wrong, and then I'm, yeah, I'm just fucking figuring it out like everyone else probably. Um, but yeah, I think because I've stuck. Granted, I've like chopped and changed brands and so on, but it's not like I've gone from trying to build a property business to starting a restaurant to getting into crypto like i've never tried any of that shit because i've just been i know i like building brands even be even before i was remotely good at it and i'm probably not even that good at it now maybe i'm good at the visuals i guess i haven't really built a brand until people properly care about it and that takes time but you know ever since i was 16 i've been making like shopify websites and shit so before it was cool do you know what I mean? Before I knew you could even make any money doing it. And and for years, I didn't make any money doing it. Um, and obviously, I've made some money and lost money and made some more money and so on. But yeah, I think I think a lot of people jump on shit now because it's cool or because Iman Gadzi tells them to or because some other fucking YouTuber says start a dropshipping store. And, you know, I think those people will be in the game for a year or two, maybe make some money, maybe don't. But then what they're going to do for the rest of their life, I don't know. Like, There's a real culture, I think, on social media and money, Twitter and all this, of just people just jumping on trends. Like, I know countless people that I met years ago at like some e-commerce networking event or whatever, and like, and now they're like doing some crypto shit. Or oh, they were last year, but now the market's fucked. So now they're doing some other fluffy bullshit for like a year. And I'm just like, I don't know. I've always just known that I want to build brands. And if you stick at one thing you do gradually get better at it. And I think I'm definitely testament to that because granted I've done all right with decent brands in the past and been able to do it in a few different industries, but, but obviously in a short amount of time and I'm yet to stick at something for five, 10 years, of course, mm -hmm. but that's what I'm trying to do now. But it's always been in one general arena, which is e-commerce building product brands. It's not like I've, like I said, gone into fucking trying to flip NFTs or whatever, even though there's probably a lot of money in that at the right time. Um, so yeah, I think I'm fairly self-aware, but it's also just because I've just grinded for many hours, for many days, for many weeks, months and years in a similar space. Um, and you compound your efforts by doing that, I think. You also compound your network, which has been invaluable for me. 
because everyone always says to me, oh, you, you, you know everyone in this space, your network's so good. Like, how can I meet people like that? And I'm like, well, I didn't know anyone for like the first three years, like at all, like at all. It was by myself fucking traveling around Europe with a shitty laptop. Do you know what I mean? So I think people think some people skip that part of not knowing what the fuck they're doing and knowing no one. But I think it's very rare that people do skip that part. And they obviously see me like with cool guests on the podcast or whatever now. And like, oh, Imam was on my pod or Jimmy. I'm hanging around with Jimmy who sold his brand and like all my mates are founders, which is kind of true now, but that's taken years and years and years to get there. It's the compounding effects of doing stuff, meeting people, not being a cunt, not being a fucking dirty fraud or whatever, like a lot of people probably are. Um, and like the whole get rich quick space which i'm certainly not a part of um so yeah i'm figuring it out but i'm still probably more clueless than many people watching me would think and maybe i'm just one of few that is willing to admit that yeah well, so. well, i think that's relatable right because i feel this the same way like i think everyone does to some degree like even if you're maybe elon musk right he, he probably knows he probably feels that way with certain things yeah definitely because he's human right and uh <clears throat> i guess like coming back to like success and like experiencing that when you're young um i, I, was, I was always curious about this because i have some friends that are really successful they're entrepreneurs as well and we did this podcast mm. about like, happiness um and, and it was really eye-opening to me because one of the guys there is making like really really good financial money but um he said it didn't bring him too much happiness uh, but I'm, I'm curious like how you feel about that like th does money make you happy um yeah it's an interesting question because i suppose i never really thought of like particularly like my between the age of like 21 and 25 like i kind of said before um i never really thought of anything that i was doing as unusual because it became so normal because i didn't know anything else as in like traveling the world full time like not paying for first class flights because i was putting them on points all this shit mm -hmm. buying like an audi r8 a ferrari all this shit which is what everyone wants to do when they're a fucking young guy or at least a lot of people and you have to i think getting out of your system is kind of a thing and i think everyone should try and make loads of money and buy their dream car or whatever to realize that yeah it's, it's a pretty fleeting feeling i think the thing that I, I struggle with being happy i would say i'm still trying to find kind of fulfillment in a lot of things but i think the, the ability to have freedom to an extent definitely helps with well certainly helped with how i felt um because when i was younger i just wanted freedom it wasn't even necessarily money but money is just one thing as part of the whole freedom equation and so is working on something that you want to work on mm -hmm. and so is time freedom and location freedom and all that and it's kind of a combination um but yeah i think i think you, you do realize that even stupid shit like everyone wants to buy their fucking first rolex or whatever it is and you do that four times and realize that yeah it's cool but it, after the, after a day no one gives a fuck and and neither do you do you know what i mean um so I suppose, yeah, I think working on something that you find worthwhile is probably more of a core of happiness. And it's, there's a big difference between like happiness and pleasure slash, do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I think people think pleasure is happiness, but you, as in like, I don't know, the excitement you get if you buy something nice, whatever. Um, and I think you have to get a bit older to, to realize 
that those things aren't necessarily true and like certain stuff probably matters more than others and it's not usually material things um but yeah i think i think working on something that you want to work on and that is hard but rewarding is probably one core of happiness and also recognizing that, that there is seasons in life for everything and what i mean by that is it can't always be a highlight reel and it can't always be good and that you know like uh, even in the past few months like i spent like four months not going anywhere and just fucking grinding and then i went away to bali for two weeks and those two weeks felt glorious because i hadn't hadn't done it in a while mm-hmm. um yeah i think finding that balance it, it, it's an art that i'm still trying to do you know balancing like pleasurable things and working on things for the future and trying to be happy i wouldn't say i'm actually a very happy person i mean anyone that watches a lot of my shit i've probably gone fairly deep on that um but i think it's probably because i i I think a lot of maybe creative people struggle with necessarily feeling good about themselves or feeling happy and content because because your mind is so active at at least for me like i find i think about things way too much Mm -hmm. maybe not too much but well maybe more than i would like sometimes and you go down a rabbit hole of thinking about the future, maybe reflecting on the past, wondering if what you're doing right now is the right thing. Um, it's all very poetic, isn't it? But yeah, I just think, I suppose to answer your question, I definitely think freedom from money can take away a lot of stress. And, I, and I've seen that both sides. Um, but ultimately, I think working on something that you think is is meaningful which i think probably takes years to even get in a place to do and now i kind of feel like i'm doing it but it's also like quite fun as well some of it um i think that's probably more more what can make you happy and then maybe like relationships and so on i mean female Mm -hmm. relationships have probably been the cause of a lot of anguish in my recent years certainly not like a, a source of happiness in many ways um but good relationships with people that you can actually rely on and trust and friends and i think i definitely have a lot of that which is good um probably less so with my family which maybe something i need to work on <laughs> but yeah I, I think i think that would be my, my view on that i don't know i could probably ramble about that for a long time yeah well i i definitely agree i think for me i found like if i'm if i'm in a good emotion i can get a lot done like whether it be like work-wise in like the sales or, but if I, if my emotions go down, it's like, a, it's, it's hard to work on like anything. And yeah. I guess the challenge I've had is like, how do I, how do I kind of detach from that? And, and maybe, maybe it's a discipline thing, but not be so, uh, not work off emotion so much. And, and, and like, I think that's something that I've always, like before I, I never used to be like that before. I never used to be, um, I would just like do my work all the time. But as I've got older, I've noticed that's been like a challenge I have. <clears throat> yeah. I'm the same to be fair. Yeah. Cause especially with creative stuff, I'll find I'll go through like a block of, and I'm just not inspired by anything for like a month. And then I'll have a week where everything comes together and I've decided what this new film is going to be about this new fucking product. I've got, three new things in the pipeline i've redone the whole fucking website um do you know what i mean Um, but then even on a daily basis if i'm caffeinated and excited then maybe i have loads of good ideas 
But then other times, yeah, it just feels like a grind. I think getting good at doing stuff that needs to be done, even when you don't want to fucking do it, is definitely a skill set. I'm not the best at that. Sometimes I'll just put off like kind of more admin that I need to do. There's a lot of that right now. And then I'll, I'll focus mm-hmm. on the shit that's fun. Like, I don't know, sorting out this movie we've done for the new Dream Dust products and so on. Like that's that shit I get most excited by. But realistically, it's like 5% of my time. Whereas the other 95% is dealing with stuff I don't enjoy dealing with like finances and fucking hiring people or you know all that sort of shit like supply chain but that's just the reality of running a business mm-hmm. and I suppose I've always been very aware of I'm creative first but I never ever want it to be the starving artist type where I'm like some painter that can't fucking make ends meet so I have to work some shit job I hate do you know what I mean like weirdly I've always been very aware of that which I mean, I'm probably not. I'm not just a creative. Like I think I'm very competent in a lot of areas, but that's that's the the area I feel most naturally drawn to is the you know the product, the marketing, the whole aesthetic feel of something, how it looks, feels, and sounds. Like you know the, the pink lights, the the romantic music. That's the shit that like gets me excited. Um, but I'm also very, I think I'm very self aware. Like I said, but also very aware of the reality of what it takes to be able to even do your own thing because like if I wanted to be able to do the fun stuff, this is like literally my job. And sometimes you forget how maybe privileged that is compared to the average person, obviously, because I've built it. But I've been, I've, I'm able to do those fun things because because I've got a product that sells and I've actually got a decent business. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you need to balance the two. And on a, on maybe in the future, I'll be in a position where I can just only work on fucking movies. And I would love to do that. Um, but yeah, even from the age of like 18, I knew that, if I wasn't going to go down a traditional path, I had to be competent in actually like building a product that didn't just look good, but also fucking made money and was like a viable business. So I think I've got a good blend of like a business mind, but also creative. I'm definitely creative first, but I also know what's important, probably even more now since having that business fuck up and so on. Like I, I think I'm very definitely wiser than I was and know what it actually takes to get something done. Cause I also think everything is 10 times harder than you ever imagine. And it's mm-hmm. 10 times slower than you ever imagine. And it's 10 times more complicated. So I think, yeah, I'm more experienced now and knowing what it takes to, to get something going and hopefully now keep it going beyond like kind of one, two year mark where I seem to get distracted in the past. So yeah. Absolutely. So like when you look at entrepreneurship, especially in the e-com space, build like brand building, um, what, what's the difference map between like someone who is like unsuccessful in the space and someone who is successful? Like what are the qualities of like, what, what do you think makes you successful at brand building? Well, yeah, I think the first caveat to that is I think a lot of people, obviously there's a lot of drop shippers and so on that are just in it to make some money kind of legally or not sort of gray hat and then get out. And I think that's very different to trying to build a brand. So so trying to build a brand is ultimately a way more creative pursuit. It's way more admirable. It's way more long-term and sustainable. And I think a lot of people are probably realizing that now because I could be wrong, but I haven't been in the dropshipping space for like four or five years now, but you know, it's, it's not, you can't just go on fucking Facebook and sell some shit as easily as, as you used to be able to. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there's people on Twitter that would tell me otherwise, 
but yeah, certainly in a brand building perspective, which is what I'm doing is obviously what I think is the coolest thing to do. I think it's the coolest business in the world to run is to build a product brand and grow it because it's literally the alchemy of entrepreneurship. Like you come up with a fucking idea and you make it real and people consume that real thing that you created from thin air. That that's the beauty of it. You, you can't say that if you're if you're drop shipping some kitchen thing from China or whatever it is. But yeah, in terms of what separates people, I think certainly like the most successful people I know in the space. And I think firstly, they genuinely care about what they're doing. That doesn't necessarily mean, because I've got a mate that runs a, a, a brand aimed at people the exact opposite to him. So he's a, a young white male and he sells products aimed at, he has a brand aimed at middle-aged black women. And I always thought that was funny, but then he explained to me that he's yeah. he's passionate about marketing and yes. products and building that thing rather than necessarily the product. Whereas for me, like I genuinely am, I I love my own product. I like the whole vibe of it. I think it's, I think there's an underlying mission. So yeah, I think a general theme of actually caring about what you're doing, and you'd probably do it for free to an extent anyway. So like if you could do anything, you'd probably do something similar. That's probably a good starting point because you're going to want to work on it even when it's really fucking hard, which is most of the time. But then also I just think the amount of time on one thing, like people have this idea you can build like a fucking massive business in like a year. And it's it's come from, again, I keep referring to the whole culture of like YouTube and Instagram. It's just come from this instant gratification culture we live in. And Granted, people, I think you can build an agency maybe and like a bit more of a, a service business, probably quicker than you can build a brand. I think it's also why a lot of people do it because it's, I think, easier to do. You know, mm -hmm. start an email agency, fucking pretend you're an expert, get loads of clients, whatever. Um, I'm sure that has its own challenges, but like brand building, yeah, like everyone I know that's built a decent brand, I think it's minimum three years on one thing to really get something going um maybe a bit quicker if you're more experienced like i am but even for me like i think it's probably minimum three years until i'm in a position where i feel like this is a really valuable business um let's fucking fly only right right now it's only nine months um and i've got mates that have been running brands for like six years um because they were just way more focused than me you know originally so yeah i think just longevity and caring about what you're doing really um and also just recognizing it, it takes time because again, like there's a real problem, I think, especially for like people that come into this space, looking at certain gurus or thought leaders or whatever that are telling them that they can fucking do something in six months. It's been, I mean, like the person telling them that is probably selling them something, which is just kind of a pipe dream. Do you know what I mean? Um, Cause it, yeah, it, anyone that I, that I look up to, like guys that are my friends and investors now and so on, like, they've been building their business for 10 plus years. And I think that's how long you probably have to be doing something for 10 years to become like world-class at it. Like it's the general rule is now like 10,000 hour rule, 10 year rule, whatever it is. So like I've been doing this sort of six years full time now. And I still feel like I'm only just starting to get quite good at it. And even then there's a lot to learn. So if I think, Oh, I've run this for another four years. Yeah. That probably adds up. Cause then I'd, I'd have been doing like brand building for like 10 years maybe in four years time i'm in a position where this is a big business and i can sell it or whatever which is like the vision i suppose um so yeah i, I think th there's probably so many things but, but that's what i've observed observed so yeah 
Yeah, and, and and that makes a lot of sense too, because even with um like I, I'm new to this space, I've been working on seasons for two years, but I realized that uh like based on like my experience and like how much time I put into it, it, it like, correlates exactly to the results I'm getting. Right. So yeah. it it took me like two years to get here. And I, I keep like seeing people online that like, oh, like you should be making like this amount of money by this time. Mm. But, but it's it's hard to step back and be like, oh no, like Matt Kelly has like six or seven years of experience building e-com brands and like he's earned that it's like full time where yeah also focus I think because so many people do a lot of different things and that was kind of me but obviously like I said I was it was still all in the e-commerce space it's not like I was trying to start a fucking restaurant like I said so yeah I think time but also time on one main thing Mm -hmm. and like just staying in that arena because all your efforts compound like every, everything in life, the best things in life are from compound interest, like quite literally, but then also metaphorically, like the best relationships are ones that you built over years. You know, the best business is one that took years to build. And it probably takes a lot more years to, to potentially crash, which was the opposite of what happened with Neon Beach. In hindsight, it grew way, way too quick. Mm-hmm. That's why it crashed so quick when something went wrong. Do you know what I mean? So I learned that the hard way. Um, so yeah, I just think focus and compounding in one place so, so then, you can spend two years but if you're doing you know it's part-time you're kind of trying that's not really two years it yeah. could be like two months yeah and, and that's true i think that's if i'm being honest with myself i think that is where i'm at <clears throat> because like i spent i spent a long time on this but i've been it hasn't been like focused time and and i think that's a struggle i'm having is like now i need to get serious because um that's the only way to grow this it's, it's way harder than i thought like i i thought it would be you launch your brand turn like launch your brand turn on your ads which i did on facebook and you just start making money not the case yeah. not the case yeah. at all so yeah yeah, that, yeah that's where i'm at is like yeah I, I need to learn i need to like either get coaching or just like sit down and actually like look like why why do people buy like what's like the mindset of like a customer like just like the, the deep levels of how to build a brand. And I think that that is difficult to do. And I think, but that's so valuable to understand. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I guess yeah. coming back to you, Matt, like what is, I have a few more questions for you because I know we're, we're almost at time, but like what what is the the future? Like what does the future for Matt Kelly look like? Like in 10 years time, wh- where do you want to be? Uh, 10 years time. That's a long time. Um, <laughs> I mean, hopefully i'd have built this brand to where i think it can be and whether that's 100 million pounds you know i really i I would like to build something on 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 par with the likes of fuel or athletic greens right i'm really firstly because i'm just a customer and fan of both those both those brands but secondly because i think i think the when there's an opportunity to have an impact in a market like being bigger i think is better and because ultimately it means if, if it's a bigger business then hopefully i've had a, an impact on more people like especially with this where it's an, i mean i say it's like mission driven because yeah i want to make money but also i just want to build products that make people feel good and like especially with the whole psychedelic narrative like that's my that is my 10-year goal i would like to build you know the go-to psilocybin microdosing brand that's always been my vision it's just a really gray area because it's obviously illegal i don't i don't believe it's going to be illegal forever um and, and maybe i'd have built the brand sold it maybe and i'd be involved in something 
around around that space still so like psychedelic research um yeah because I, I just think i think psilocybin and, and psychedelics can just change fucking healthcare forever basically like i i think way too many people are jumping to like antidepressants and so on and granted there are probably use cases for that but i just think the culture should change i think mushrooms and psychedelics well particularly psychedelics are where cbd was like 20 years ago um i believe it's going to be legalized a lot of it and hopefully i could be involved in that space maybe i'm still doing the pod and we've got two million subscribers or whatever um and yeah probably be involved in some sort of some sort of thing in this realm i just i would like to not be as much in the trenches hopefully by that point i've got a fucking ten thousand square foot compound and i don't know (laughs) i've got like a bunch of pink cars and shit so yeah probably something broad in on that but 10 years is a a lot is a a lot of time i think a lot can happen in, in one year so i try and look like one year ahead but 10 years is kind of scary yeah, that's true. I once heard this quote like t- 10 years is 10 lifetimes. Yeah. It feels like it. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I guess uh guess a few more questions here. But like for anyone who wants to learn more about you, Matt, like where can they find you on social media? Check out check out your brands. I'm sure they already know where to find you, but yeah, just put a link in the bio. So um the the Midnight Pod is my pod. Just search that. Um, then I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Mathusius, which people think so M A T T H U C I U S. People people thought my second name was Husius, right? So this is quite yeah. funny because it was a play on words of Confucius, which is the name of a Chinese philosopher. So similar mm-hmm. to like Seneca or fucking Aristotle or whatever. And I just used that username. I think I got it like three years ago. And people thought my second name was Husius, which they probably do quite funnily. So yeah, that's my username on Instagram twitter um i feel like instagram is kind of just like a dating app whereas twitter Mm. actually posts about like business and shit and obviously obviously the youtube is probably the most comprehensive content and then yeah the my my brand spacegoods.com so that's really it i'm trying to focus on those two like trying not to do anything else and just go deep on the pod and the stuff i'm doing with that and the brand and that definitely feels like enough I feel like I don't have enough fucking time. Yeah, to do anything other than work. That is a lot, but but I guess quick question for you, like why why do you pick Confucius? Like, does that philosopher stand out to you? Not really. It was more of a joke. <laughs> to be honest. I, I, I used to write like I used to write like d- deep, deep kind of cringy captions. Even going back to like 2015 or whatever. If you scroll back on my Instagram, mm-hmm. I used to write like just what I thought was wise shit. So I just used Confucius. And yeah, I, I don't think he's a stoic philosopher, but I, I then got very into like stoicism and reading about that, like all Ryan Holiday's books and so on. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really know that much about Confucius, to be honest. It just was a funny name. So I've stuck with it. Yeah, well, it, it sounds cool. Like, see, I'm, I'm big on stoicism too. Like I love um, like the meditations and, and yeah. Epictetus, like the, those books. <clears throat> but um, yeah, definitely. But yeah, I guess... I guess I have some philosophical questions at the end. I'm going to ask you here. Go for it. So I have two questions. So let's say right now, the state of the world, you know, there's some crazy stuff going on, the war in Ukraine, you know, lots of different crazy stuff. Mm. But if everyone in the world could hear a message from Matt Kelly on a billboard, let's say, what would your message be? 
I think someone asked me this on a pod that's going out on my channel tonight. It's like a guest <laughs> one I did in Bali. I'm going to say the same thing. Okay. I'm going to say the fucking slogan from the first movie I made for Space Goods, which is nothing exists until you create it, which is so cringe. Mm. And it's like intentionally cringe because it goes along with that whole aesthetic of like being like a team movie and shit. But I just think it's very true. And I, I, I thought of it one day and thought I'd never heard those words in that order. But then it was like quite profound because I think you have to remember literally everything ever other than like our biological being which even then was arguably created by gold or whatever depending on which way you view life everything you, you ever know was created by someone probably no smarter than you or maybe they were smarter but they're definitely no no different to you you know steve jobs created apple like someone created the car you're driving like ultimately and i think it's very easy to forget that we're all just fucking humans on this spinning piece of rock. Obviously, there's a billion and one like challenges and things we have to just deal with day to day. And you can't always just make shit out of thin air. But I think, yeah, it's like a create over consume mindset. I think the whole world is split between creators and consumers, really. Mm -hmm. And the ones that have an impact and usually do the most cool shit are just the ones that focus on creating stuff rather than consuming it. That's not to say don't consume anything, but... Yeah, I, I just think, yeah, in one sentence, nothing exists until you create it. I think it's quite a a profound thing to sit with. And whether that's a fucking business or a, a relationship or anything, but ultimately everything is just the result of someone having an idea and acting on it. Mm -hmm. And I, I need to take my own advice way more with that, by the way, because I... I come out with these fucking grandiose statements and I'm quite good with words and so on, but half the fucking time I'll sit there and not take my own advice. So yeah, I, I'm not saying that from a position of that's what I do all the time because I, I should probably do it more. I should probably think that way more, but I, I think it's a good sentence for anyone to, a good phrase for anyone to think of. Yeah. Well, well like I, I view that as empowering, right? And I, I think it's true. Right? Like you can't create your destiny um in a sense well yeah yeah well I, I don't know if you can create it totally like some things are out of like mm. of course but i think we have a lot more control than we realize like you can go and talk to that that girl you, if you find beautiful or you can go start this brand or you, you can like if you want to meet someone um just like yeah. a message and, and say like hello like I, I wanted to meet you for a long time it's like yo i need to do a podcast with, with matt i need to do this I need to meet you and um I think it's yeah we we all have like that influence and we're able to do that um but i guess last Definitely. question for you is uh so i save this till the end of the zen plus podcast and this is really what why i started and what this podcast is about but it's about the idea to enjoy the journey and it's broad it's a broad question but i'm curious like what does it mean to you matt to enjoy the journey <clears throat> Well, I should probably enjoy the journey way more because I think I spend my entire life thinking about the future or reflecting on the past way too much. So I'm trying to be more present and enjoy the journey. But, well, I suppose maybe I've answered the question now. I think to enjoy the journey is to be present to an extent, really. Um, I think it's also finding a balance between when is the right time to put your head down and work 15 hours a day for four months or whatever and when is the right time to maybe take some time off or well, I feel like I never take time off, but go somewhere nice to enjoy yourself a little bit more like I did recently in Bali and so on. Um, yeah, I think 
finding that balance is an art form that balance between the different parts of life you know health wealth love happiness all that shit whether it's work and i, I probably need to spend more time working on like having a social life a lot of the time um mm -hmm. even though i have very good friends and so on but yeah i think being present ultimately and finding your own balance that works for you because not everyone needs to fucking work 18 hours a day and try and build the world's biggest business or or whatever it is and not everyone wants to spend all all, all day in the gym you know some people are probably way happier than i will ever be just going to the pub on a monday night after their fucking shift doing whatever it is they do and that's fine so yeah i think does that answer the question i think being present finding out what works for you and just trying to do do things your way because i think so many people are trying to copy someone else when they don't even know who the fuck they are mm -hmm. no, no like i i definitely agree to, i i agree with that a lot i think um i think it's hard to stay present like maybe it's in today's world with social media and it's it's so easy to just like look at like comparison be like oh i gotta do like what this person is doing or always but but when you just sit with yourself i think um it's almost like valuing what you bring to the table and just be like yo this is this mm. is okay my story doesn't have to be like this other person's story but, but yeah. I'm happy with like what i got but uh this is a total random question that popped into my mind because whenever i have friends in the uk i always ask them this but uh what are your thoughts on greg's on greg's Yes. You, I'm pretty sure Greg's is only in the. I'm from the north. I'm from York, so that's where oh, like yeah. Greg's is. And I used to go to uni in Newcastle, which is also where Greg's is. Yeah, I love that shit. I love that shit. But <laughs> I don't. I don't, I don't have Greg's down in London, which I've been oh. here for like four years. I could be wrong. I don't think I'm wrong. But mm -hmm. yeah, Greg's is a classic North of England thing, which is where I'm from. So yeah, it's it's good shit. I probably wouldn't have too many of those sausage rolls on my on my more recent diet in the past few months <laughs> but I, I definitely love that shit yeah so, like, yeah that's my number one attraction like when i go to the uk like the first thing i'm doing is going to greg's really yeah really that's yeah. funny yeah and, and i have a neighbor that's good. From, from london and i've told him this and, he, and he's like he just looks at me strange <laughs> yeah but, <I> bet. <laughs> But um, I guess there you have it, guys. Matt Kelly, um, yo, thank you so much for doing this. Like, it's so it's so great meeting you. And um, yeah, man, your story is epic. It's it's already epic, but it's gonna become like legendary. It's and it's 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 happening in front of our eyes. I hope. Yeah, it will. Yeah. It's Put, putting a lot of pressure on myself. Ah, oh, man, it, you, you, putting it out there. Yeah, it's. But I don't know. I think the world needs um, the world needs like creative entrepreneurs. The world needs people like yourself to like show what's possible. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's just really cool. So I guess there we have it, guys. Netflix podcast. We'll see Thanks you. Oh, of course, we'll see you in the hundredth episode. So.